This podcast may contain explicit language. This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome back to the Dynasty Download. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, 2018 champ, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight, we are previewing week five of the NFL season for 2020. Uh, Let's get right into things. First off, if you are new to the show, this is the show where we prove Dynasty League Fantasy is the best form there is. Uh, If you would like to contact the show, please email us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. Again, that's DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. So, uh, week five, uh, this is the first built-in scheduled buys uh, for teams. The Packers and Lions are on a buy. Uh, Unfortunately, the Steelers-Titans had to use their buy already last week. uh, And that's where we're going to kick things off. And that's where we're going to start tonight with the Tennessee Titans. Um, They look like they may not play this weekend against the Bills. And the NFL's response, uh, they've apparently played through quite a few different scenarios. They already used up their bye week last week on this team. Uh, Unfortunately for the Bills, uh, this may be a game that gets canceled altogether, not postponed. Uh, The talk right now is, is that we're going to get Um, playoffs that are determined by winning percentage, not by total wins. And given that there's a big report going out right now, um, and basically confirmed by one of the players from the Titans that they were in an unauthorized practice, um, while the team facility was shut down and that there could be significant fines, penalties, um, levied against the team itself. Uh, This is starting to get into the territory of severely serious. I, I, you and I and Ben at least have talked about this offline where there is a legitimate concern over a pause for the season. I think we're getting dangerously close. Uh, The Broncos-Patriots game has already been moved from Sunday to Monday because they can't open up their facilities. The Titans, at best, are going to have their facilities uh, closed until Saturday. So even if they reschedule the game, it's going to be for Monday, maybe Tuesday. I really don't see how they move this game forward. And right now, the policy seems to be that we're not going to have a uh, week 18 that we're just going to cancel the game altogether. As a fantasy perspective, to lose one of your games and have two bye weeks for Josh Allen right now, I'd be kind of miffed. Yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty pissed off um, because it's obviously it's not the Bills' fault. And I think with some of these two, um, if games get canceled and the investigation happens and they find out that they violated the rules. I feel like you should have to take a loss. I don't feel like the game should just be canceled, should just be postponed, and that winning percentage should be figured out. I'm sorry, if you broke the rules, you should you should get the loss. Like I get 
people get sick in weird situations, weird things. But, you know, we found out with the Raiders, you know, and we found out now with the Titans that they're they're not following the very, very strict, proper protocols that are being set in place. And, you know, and it, that's what's frustrating. So I think even if you put the onus more back on the team, nobody wants to be that guy that lets the other teammates down. And if you do, you're a horrible shit teammate. So if it then comes to wins and losses, you know, and missing games that affects their bonuses and stuff too. Like now we're talking money. Like, I feel like that's, that's what should happen. Games shouldn't be postponed. I feel like games should be canceled. That being said, I do feel like there should be an entire break on the season, at least two weeks. You take two weeks off and you figure out what the hell is going on. You send everybody a memo like, okay, we're going to try this again. Stop fucking up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, Wisconsin, we had over 3,000 new cases today. You know, shit's not getting better. You know, and like the Badgers, now they can only have essential personnel at their games when family and everything could get better or could go to the games. You know, shit's it's not going in the right direction. And it's because nobody's listening. And that's the frustrating thing. So I know that the virus itself is politicized right now, particularly as it pertains to Americans. So for our international audience, you don't need to worry about that. Um, just be glad that you're not necessarily living in America right now. And this is the time I've been able to say that comfortably. So the guy that we've been looking to for all of our answers since March Dr. Fauci said that we needed to get it to a reasonable level of 10,000 cases or less a day in order to basically not have a huge spike during the winter. And we're somewhere between 40 and 50,000 cases a day right now across the country. That's unsustainable. This is going to get worse before it gets any better because we don't have any um, real centralized leadership on a lot of this. And we have people who are unwilling to do the basic minimum. You you can't have it both ways. You can't have all of your personal freedom that says I can go into Target without a mask and still expect that you're going to be able to watch football every week. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. We're in a, a time where you're going to have to make decisions and understand that there are consequences. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't be surprised when your team doesn't play on Sunday. I'm going to make it that simple. And that's what I'm worried about with the Packers and everything. I don't want to get too much into all that other nonsense because we're here for entertainment. But, you know, Green Bay is the number one hotspot in the country, right? You know, our team is on a bye. I'm sure, you know, they're still going to be in and out of the facility. But and now, you know, with the new CBA, you're not allowed to leave your your hometown on the bye anymore. So they're all still going to be in Green Bay. But. All it takes, man, it just takes one thing, a trash can lid, you know, an elevator button, something like that. That's all it takes. And with the Packers, you know, our team being 4-0 and um, just talking specifically about them to lose a season, you know, with Aaron Rodgers on the back nine of his career, it's it's frustrating. And so now, you know, we talked about it before, before the season even started, how worried we were a little bit about how the if the season was going to be completed. I'm more worried now that there might not finish this entire season than I've ever been. 
and um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going to make me feel better about it. Absolutely agreed. Uh, the situation is, I don't think they're going to put a pause on the season unless we're going to go into a bubble. Pure and simple, if we're going to go into a bubble, they're going to close it down for two to three weeks, and they're going to put everybody in some level of isolation, quarantine in their hotels, essentially. You're going to have chartered flights to everything, and you're going to restrict the amount of personnel that's available in certain areas. But that's the only way we're getting through this. The NFL has such a level of arrogance to think that we're not going into a bubble because there's so much distrust between the players union and the owners due to years of hostility that we can't even do the bare minimum to potentially save football. And I'm sorry, you want it both ways from an ownership. You want it both ways as a fan at some point and save me from making a really long, uh, passionate rant but grow the fuck up and be adults. Seriously. This shouldn't be this complicated to be a human being and be mature about doing some bare minimum shit. So let's move on. Oh, I, I did I mention that the Bills game was moved to Tuesday now and that uh, the next Thursday's Chiefs game is moved to Sunday? I, I don't know if I mentioned that in, in here. That just came down uh, over the wire. So um, it uh, by the time you're probably listening to this, that may be old news, but uh, we're going to um, try and under uh, operate under that assumption. So the Broncos-Patriots game has been moved to Monday. We're going to get Tuesday night football. We're going to get no Thursday night game next week, and we're going to get a Sunday game uh, instead. So we are going to somehow get the full complement of games, but – this is operating on a, a wing and a prayer right now, and I don't think they all take it nearly as seriously as they should. So I know it's hard to get thousands of people to agree on anything procedurally, but it, it really it really shouldn't be this hard. We're, we're making it worse than it has to be. So let's get into the Thursday night game. We're recording this. You're probably listening to it after the game has happened. Uh, by the time that I can uh, safely put this out. But let's at least try and preview the game, and then at least when people listen back to it, they can laugh at us for how badly we we screwed this up. So I guess the biggest question out of this particular game, um, the Bears' defense has played pretty well so far this season. The Buccaneers have played, I guess, one of the best front seven defenses. Um, Shaquille Barrett continues to be an absolute monster uh, as a pass rusher, and the back end of their defense has gotten extraordinarily better. Uh, now, I know they gave up a ton of points to Justin Herbert and the Chargers last week, but really the biggest story coming out of the last weekend for both of these teams was Tom Brady throwing for five touchdowns in the second half. Now, my preceding question going into last week was is if the Buccaneers could put up points. They clearly did that in the second half on Sunday against, I I think, at least a moderately decent defense in the Chargers. So the both offenses were a little bit sputtering coming into that game. But I think one of the teams will get 20 points because that's just a really low score. I'm just, I, I pose the question partially because you do have to think about it a little bit. 
And if one of them gets 20 points, it's probably going to be because uh, Rodrigo Blankenship kicked seven field goals. Like, that's the level we're talking about. The Colts' offense is badly inept with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. And I thought it was such a mistake because they had, and I thought they were a really good, talented, deep team that you just need a guy who can maybe get the ball down the field. The fact that they let Cam Newton go to New England or go uh, or Andy Dalton go to the Cowboys seems unforgivable at this point. Jameis Winston would have been a 10 times better choice. Yeah. And he's he might take over for Drew Brees yet at some point. All right. Let's move to Texans at Titans. Um, the Titans coming off of their huge Tuesday night win over the Bills is going to get the more volume. So I'm going to just reluctantly go with him. I think the more efficient player is clearly going to be Le'Veon Bell, and he's going to need to be in order to outscore Gordon. If Philip Lindsay ends up missing a significant amount of time again, I think Melvin Gordon's volume is just going to slightly keep him ahead. And you look at some of their upcoming games, they've got the Chargers, they've got the Falcons, they've got the Raiders. Um, before they kind of get into the tougher portion of their their slate. So with Le'Veon Bell still clearly not going to get the majority of the carries in a given week for um, Kansas City, I'm going to slightly go Melvin Gordon, but I think it's a lot closer than people might think it is. All right, let's move to 49ers at Patriots. 49ers win this game well going away, 33-6. to Jeff Wilson Jr., after 112 yards, three touchdowns, two catches for eight yards, uh, has a high ankle sprain. He is likely to go on the IR um, momentarily. Again, look to my waiver wire column if you need advice on that situation. Debo Samuel has five catches for 65 yards, three rushes for seven yards, but he is also hurt and is likely to miss at least two to three weeks. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has his best game so far of the season, six catches for 115 yards against that um, great Patriots secondary. Cam Newton has a very forgettable three interceptions, was eventually benched for Jared Stidham, who threw a fourth interception. So what are your general thoughts on the Patriots fantasy-wise and then Brandon Ayuk? Patriots don't want any of them. Never did before, but now for real, I I don't. Uh, the only one I would have considered anyway was was Cam, and um, you know you never really know if he's fully fully recovered from COVID. I doubt it, because um, there's a lot of things that linger on for a little bit, so you really don't know how he's feeling 110% with that. Um, and then I, I don't think he has a lot of great weapons around him. So yeah, I don't want any Patriots. Brandon Ayuk. His is a little tougher for me um, with Debo Samuel out than, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, but when Samuel is back, it's just, they're so, for me, they're so hard to predict. Inconsistent a little bit. Um, this last week he had seven targets. The week before that he had three, you know, then six, then five, then eight, and then three. Um, so it's so up and down, but he, he's so enticing because, you know, he could break off a decent size rush or, you know, get a rushing touchdown as well. But I don't see when I look at San Francisco, I don't look at that wide receiver room and I'm like, yeah, I got to have those guys because they're going to put up hundred yard games with a touchdown every two weeks or something like that. I don't see that with them, but he's a nice dude to have as like a wide receiver to flex guy, a gadget guy. Um, I think he'll have a good career. It's just not really someone I'm super enticed with. So 
the 49ers really love him. They've been singing his praises since they drafted him. They really wanted him specifically. And for the uptick that he's seen, he's kind of following a very similar trajectory to Debo Samuel last season. With Debo out, I think uh, it goes from flex curious to, uh, let's say, guaranteed starter, at least in the short term. If it's the uh, next couple of weeks, uh, given that they're playing Seattle this week, and I think he ends up getting all of that jet sweep action that Debo normally gets, um, given the fact that the 49ers may not have uh, more than a running... Honestly, they may pull a guy out of the stands that has a leather helmet on in order to play running back right now. But that that tells me that he's going to see some more volume and that they're going to be looking in his direction. So in a really good matchup next week, I think he's an absolute must-start if uh, you're picking him up in redraft. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I do think his long-term value is only continuing to point up, even though he may not hit on it nearly as much as C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, or... Um, Justin Jefferson right now. Uh, Chargers beat the Jaguars in LA 39-29. James Robinson, 22 carries, 119 yards, one touchdown, four catches, 18 yards, and an additional touchdown. Gardner Minshew throws for 173 and two touchdowns, four carries for 21 yards. Justin Herbert, the huge day, 347 yards passing, three touchdowns, 66 yards rushing, and an additional touchdown. Keenan Allen with 10 catches for 125 yards. Better rest of the season, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Uh, The better player is Joe Burrow. Uh, The better rest of the season, I'm going to go Justin Herbert because he has a better team. Um, He's got a better offensive line. you could argue that he's got better weapons to throw the football to. So, yeah, that's why I'm going Herbert. I think it's incredibly close because neither of these teams, I, I will agree that the Chargers probably have a little bit more talent, but I don't think the Bengals' skill position talent is that bad. And I think um, it's just a matter that Cincinnati's offensive line is a little bit worse. And that's saying something because Cincinnati's offensive line is terrible. But I I think both of these guys are going to be throwing a lot. It's the reason that I picked both of them up after I lost Dak in my redraft league, and I can't believe I got both of them somehow. But uh, I started Herbert last week against Jacksonville. I was very happy. I think the long-term future for both of them, at least in the uh, current moment we're in, would be pointing straight up. And I think you'd be happy if you drafted either of these guys or if it was your – Backup quarterback, I think you're ecstatic. If it was your starter, I think you're in a pretty good spot. Cardinals come back to beat the Seahawks 37-34 to in overtime after Russell Wilson throws his third pick of the game. He also throws for 388 yards, three touchdowns, six carries for 84 yards. Tyler Lockett goes off. 15 catches for 200 yards, three touchdowns. DK Metcalf had a silent game except for possibly the play of the year. Uh, as Chris Collinsworth kept referring to it throughout the broadcast, chasing down Buda Baker uh, to prevent a pick six. Chris Carson is hurting this one. Carlos Hyde ends up uh, picking up the slack. 15 carries, 68 yards, one touchdown, three catches for eight yards. Kyler Murray, 360 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception, 14 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown. Nuke has his standard uh, 10 catches, 103 yards and a touchdown, roll out of uh, bed game. And Kenyon Drake is hurt. 
Uh, probably going to miss at least a few weeks. Chase Edmonds picks up the slack in that one. Five carries, 58 yards, seven catches, 87 yards. Better handcuff uh, going forward, Chase Edmonds or Carlos Hyde? I'm going to go Carlos Hyde. And the reason, and the only reason I'm going Carlos Hyde is because I think Eno Benjamin is going to take some of Chase Edmonds, because we think it's all going to go to Chase Edmonds, right? I think it's going to be a little bit of Chase Edmonds. I think it's going to be a little bit of Eno Benjamin. Um, For Carlos Hyde, I think he's going to be the guy now that takes over that backfield in Seattle. So I'm going Carlos Hyde. I'm going Chase Edmonds because I think he's the better player. I think he was better than Kenyon Drake all season. And I like the fact that they're really getting him involved in the passing game. And I know that some of this is a statistical marvel after the fact because they were playing Seattle's defense who gave up over 500 total yards of offense. But if uh, Kenyon Drake is out for multiple weeks, it may be that it's Chase Edmonds' job by the time he gets back. And I had Eno Benjamin for two seasons in college. He is not that particularly special. I think uh, Chase Edmonds has the potential to be uh, a playoff-friendly guy, uh, much in the same way that Kenyon Drake was to owners last season. And I am going all in on trying to buy Chase Edmonds if I can, because I've, at least in the short term. If you're in a redraft, he is a guy I'm heavily trying to invest in. If uh, I even think he may be the starter in Arizona next season. So I think even buying uh, on him for the long-term value isn't a bad investment. I think he is definitely uh, in the uh, pick and player type category for me right now. And I know I'm probably um, screwed it on trade valuation within our league, but I'm very high on his prospects right now because I thought he was the better player and uh, a better score over the last couple of weeks when Kenyon Drake was healthy. I think he might have the potential to go off now that he's out. Rams 24, Bears 10 in an utterly forgettable Monday night football game. Uh, Darrell Henderson Jr., 15 carries, 64 yards, two catches for 13 yards. Malcolm Brown adds 10 carries for 57 yards in the goal line touchdown that we mentioned up top. Cam Akers, three total snaps. He has a combined four total snaps in two weeks after he had that nine carry 60-some yard uh, outing after which that Sean McVay said, I think we're going to get Cam Akers the ball more. Uh, Allen Robinson, four targets, catches all four of them for 70 yards. David Montgomery, 14 carries, 48 yards, five catches for 21 yards. So what would you rather have, David Montgomery for the rest of the season or Darrell Henderson Jr.? (laughs) How about a tooth pulled? How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, talent-wise, I'm going Darrell Henderson all day long. The only thing that does it that makes me not want to is his fucking coach and the the committee that he that he plays in. I honest I can't believe Cam Akers has gotten four snaps in the last two games. I can't believe how bad David Montgomery has been. And honestly, I can't believe how good Darrell Henderson has been. You know, when he running when he runs the ball, he looks smooth, he looks fast, he looks quick, agile. I'm surprised they don't have him more involved in the passing game. Um, so I'm going to go Henderson. I'm going to go Henderson as well, because I think at this point we're assuming health. I think Henderson has the better upside as being in a more productive offense, even though I don't necessarily think of him anything higher than a low end RB two right now. 
he got vultured the touchdown last night. It's clear that Cam Akers is not going to see the field unless one of these guys is going to get hurt. The volume, David Montgomery still not scoring, and this Bears offense looks pitiful. Uh, I do sincerely hope what I said on Twitter last night comes true, and Allen Robinson gets traded to the Jets. But other than that, there's really nothing to glean from this game. I'll kill somebody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you to everyone for listening. We will be back again later this week to break everything down uh, for you to set your lineups, uh, preview the upcoming week eight, uh, probably after the Falcons and Carolina game. All right. So until then, Uh, wear a mask, everyone, and we will talk to you later this week. uh, Good fantasy and good night. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM.